Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Even though they could be saying all the right things, you watch their lives. And if their lives, hopefully, are evidence of the things they're sharing. If not, folks, there's something wrong. They claim to preach that it's good to give, and yet they're the ones receiving all the time. They're the ones that are flying the Learjets and the big yacht in the Mediterranean. Welcome to today's edition of Truth in Christ Radio. Pastor Rob completes this section of 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, by continuing our lesson on false teachers. Today we learn of the strategy and destiny of false teachers. Many false teachers, both today and in previous times, present a gospel that has self-gratification at its core. All this is presented with deceptive words because false teaching never announces itself. Peter assures us that false teachers will be judged. Let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. Going against the things that are very clearly in the scripture. He says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, notice, because they have itching ears, and they will heap up for themselves teachers. We see that today. YouTube is filled with so much garbage. I would encourage you, if you have a, a habit of going on YouTube to be fed spiritually, I would encourage you to stop. Unless that teacher is a good teacher. And how are you going to know a good teacher from a bad teacher? One who's in the Word of God often and teaching you line by line, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Not just giving you current events. Not just giving you some topical. There's nothing against topicals. But when that's all that you do, you're missing everything. You're picking out the chocolate stuff from all the other stuff. You're picking out, you're cherry picking things. No, we have to read all of it, folks. That's where God made it that way. It's a book. Read it from beginning to end. It's supposed to be that way. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to fables. And that's what's happening. Have you heard of the Mormon religion? I was reading about that recently when we were camping a couple weeks ago. I was just sitting in the tent, and our, or not in our tent, our camper, and I was reading about the foundation of the Mormon faith. It's ridiculous. There are so many holes, folks, if you look at it. I mean, all this secrecy and all this, you know, oh, you can't see it. I've got it covered. You can't look at it. It's, you know, and, and only certain pure people are allowed to look at the tablets. Where are the tablets? Don't know. People have claimed to see them, but I don't know. I'm serious. You read it. It's very convoluted. And yet people, millions of people, are putting their faith in the prophet Moroni. <laughs> 
They've turned aside to fables. He says, but you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. But this is happening today. People are not enduring sound doctrine, but rather giving in to teachers and ministries that aren't teaching the word of God faithfully, but instead twisting the scriptures to their own liking, to their own persons, to their own purposes. They're not obedient. Pray that God will give you the grace to be obedient. It's one thing to just listen, but you know as well as I do, I need to listen, but I need to do something with it. Really, that's where the power comes from, is when you actually step out and do something that God has said, and you see the benefit of it, it's going to go against all of your emotions sometimes. It's going to go against everything that's logical. But you trust God and don't care what anyone else thinks. You do the right thing always. You follow him with all of your heart like Flint. You just stay on the course because you will be the most blessed and happy people or happy person. And everyone else is going to be screaming at you, even people in the church. But there are those who willingly refuse to obey what the scripture says very clearly. Willingly ignorant. They embrace unity and equality at the expense of truth. And I can tell you that God is not into that. He won't bless it. Even if the movement or whatever it is is seemingly growing. Growth doesn't mean godliness. Great growth doesn't mean that God is in it. Especially today. Some of the biggest growing churches in America today are led by pastors who don't even believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Shame on them. But notice in verse 1 there, they will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them. A heresy is a belief or an opinion contrary to Christian doctrine. They'll believe heresies. I remember just recently I was watching a, a video of Joel Osteen on Larry King Live. And Larry King asked him very specifically, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way? And I couldn't believe what I was hearing after that. Because Joel Olstein now is like a cat on a hot tin roof, dancing all around the topic, dancing all around. And he should have just said, yes, I believe that, because the Bible says it is. Give him quote, chapter and verse. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. Next question. <laughs> But he was dancing, dancing. Well, I don't think it's right for me to judge. I don't think it's right for me to say you know, what's true. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This opportunity in front of millions of people. False teacher. Just a little small white lie. That is the bait of Satan. 90% truth, 10% lie. And some false teachers are 100% lie. They don't even, they're not even ashamed of it anymore. And people who don't know the word of God just get caught right into it because, man, everybody's following. It must be the right thing to do. Well, might doesn't always mean right. Might does not make right. I don't care how many people are involved in it. The Bible is all about the remnant. Have you ever noticed that in the Bible? There's a theme in the Bible. It's always the remnant, a small group of people who have come out of the larger thing that everybody's embracing. That is what the Bible is all about, a remnant. Come out of her, my people, and don't be partaker of her sins. Right? A little leaven leavens the whole lump. And many, verse 2, will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 30 says this, An astonishing and horrible thing has been committed in the land of Israel. 
The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule by their own power, and my people love to have it so. But what will you do in the end? And there is the indictment against Israel. It's the reason they were led captive for 70 years. It's the reason the Assyrians came and took the ten northern tribes into captivity in 722 B.C. Because of this very thing. They knew the truth. And, and before long, people are coming along, prophets, you know, self-proclaimed prophets, telling them lies. And boy, it feels so good to hear a lie sometimes, especially when it's really what you want to hear because it appeals to your emotions, it appeals to your flesh. Very rarely does the truth appeal to my flesh. More often than not, it's a challenge, isn't it? Is, it? is that that way you find that true? It's a challenge. It's not real smooth and easy to take in. It's like, ouch. Ow, that hurt. <laughs> Faithful are the wounds of a friend. And greater love has no man than this than he lay down his life for his friends. That's what Jesus did. But for some reason, the truth is not so easily accepted by my flesh. In Romans chapter 8, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, and those who live according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. To think carnally is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Have you discovered that in your own life? There is a wonderful reward. There's a wonderful blessing of obedience. When I'm obedient, I have the assurance, even though things may be going completely crazy in my life, as long as I am being obedient, I have the assurance in my heart. I have the the witness of the very Spirit of God in me saying, you're doing the right thing. Nobody likes you. Praise God. (laughs) Everybody hates you. (laughs) But... Verse 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Do you see that? If you don't have the Spirit of God in you, it doesn't matter if you go to Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas, with the man with the Colgate smile. doesn't matter. If you don't have the Spirit of God in you, you are none of his. You are none of his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The spirit who dwells in you, he is the one. Work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling, for it is God who works in you, first to will and then to do of his good pleasure. It all comes from God. Everything. He gives everything, and we respond. Isn't that wonderful? That's what worship is. He initiates. We respond to that. I love that. That's what, When we sing to God, we are basically singing to him these wonderful words that we read on the screen. We're responding to what he has already done, the great things that he's doing, and the great things that he's yet to do. We rejoice in that. We give him honor and glory because he alone is worthy. Amen? He alone is worthy. I love Jesus. Do you love Jesus with all of your heart? Do you love his word more than any other thing written in the world? Is there anything like it? What is the chaff to the wheat? His word is like a hammer. I need God sometimes to come down and split 
Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult. Notice, it is difficult. If someone comes to you and says, Christianity is a piece of cake. Well, even in the spirit of, even with the spirit in you, it's not easy, is it? You've noticed that. Anybody noticed that recently? Is there a battle going on? There was a battle before I knew Christ, but I really didn't know the battle until I really became a believer. And now I know I'm, I'm confronted with the battle every day. Within myself and without, you see it. Your eyes are open. It's like, you know, the scales have come off your eyes. You see things for the way they really are. But narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets, Jesus would say in Matthew who come to you in sheep's clothing. There it is. But inwardly there are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. You will watch their lives. Even though they could be saying all the right things, you watch their lives. And if their lives hopefully are evidence of the things they're sharing. If not, folks, there's something wrong. They claim to preach that it's good to give, and yet they're the ones receiving all the time. They're the ones that are flying the Learjets and the big yacht in the Mediterranean. If you just give a seed faith of a thousand bucks, you'll be blessed too on this earth now and in the, in the, in the world to come. That's what they say. Are you willing to be small and among those who are true to God's word, even at the expense of being ridiculed by other believers who think you're being stiff and narrow and conservative? God would rather have a small remnant on earth that are true to him than a large group of denominations united together who are each compromised in the word and not walking in purity and obedience. God does not need an ecumenical conglomerate to win the world for him at the expense of truth and obedience. He's not concerned about us uniting together because we're a minority. What do people who are small do in the natural? They group together and they fight, right? God's saying, don't worry about that. You stay true to my word. Some unity is not worth being unified for just anything. If you're unified in Christ, you pray. We, we, we don't believe in prayer anymore. I don't know if people don't believe in prayer anymore. Didn't Jesus say that's where the battle really is? He doesn't call us to go out and, with our guns and, and pickets and, 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 and get really nasty in people's faces. But what did he do? He called us to pray. And how often are we really doing that? How often are we doing that together? Let me tell you, the, the prayer room uh, before service and on Tuesday nights are the least attended meetings in the church. I would challenge you, brothers and sisters, to rethink this. If you're praying at home, praise the Lord, but are you? Isn't it important for us to gather together? Isn't it true that when the embers all get together, there is a fire? We encourage one another, and boy, it's good to know that you're not alone. We are not alone. Romans chapter 16, it says, Now I urge you, Paul speaking to the Romans, I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, 
and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. Smooth speech. By covetousness, verse 3, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. The idea of exploit means to, to travel as in a country, like a peddler. You're like a religious peddler, and you're going around selling hankies and selling prayer shawls and, and selling these things. For just a love offering of $50, we'll send you this pin. We'll send it to you free for a love offering of $50 or more. We'll send you a handkerchief that the prophet has blown his nose in. And you too, for a seed offering of $100, of at least $100, but it's free to you for $100 or more. They exploit you. How many weak and elderly saints have been ripped off by TV evangelists promising them wealth a hundredfold if they would just give a seed offering of $1,000 or more? How many handkerchiefs have been prayed over by the TV evangelists for a free love offering of $50 or more? They are charlatans. They're smooth operators. We just read that in Romans. Avoid them. Warn others against them. Notice in verse 4. Hmm. You know what? I think we're going to stop there. I can't even get through 11 verses. <laughs> but do you see, folks, if there is something that is true, there will always be the counterfeit. When we think of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, what does Satan offer? Satan, the beast, or the... Or the um, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. Whenever God raises up something, there's always somebody to come along. The devil has his men and women in the wings ready to do things. Did it ever surprise you that in the book of Exodus, when God was pronouncing the judgments upon Egypt, and each one of those judgments were against a deity of Egypt, a god that they worshipped, the god of the Nile, the god of the land, the, the cows, all these things. They all worshipped these different things. And every one of them, God put his finger on and says, I want to show you, I want to prove to you that I am the god of all living. All the idols that you worship, I'm going to touch. And every one of them should have wake, woke them up and saying, you know what? If our gods are so impudent, if our gods are so without power, then why are we serving them? If this God who claims to be the God of all, of all the earth, why am I serving these lesser gods? But remember, they went before them, Moses and Aaron, they pronounced the judgments, and they came to pass. And it says that Pharaoh's enchanters and diviners, after... God had done his thing and judged a certain thing that the Pharaoh's men who were false worshipers, worshiping devils, they were able to do the same th- kinds of things. Wouldn't it would have been better if, how would you be able to justify that? Or how would you be able to qualify that? You turn the Nile to blood, the Nile River turns to blood, and then the enchanters come along and say, well, we can do the same thing. We're going to turn it to blood too. Really? It's still blood. How can I verify that? If you were really something, you would have turned it back to crystal clean, pure, aqua fresh, you know, Evian water. But I don't see anything. Where is your God? 
Is he really that powerful? Wow, he can't, can't even do, you know, counteract it, but no. But even still, there comes a point where God allows a judgment, and then God makes sure that they can't replicate. Even in their folly, God says, I'm not going to allow you to replicate the judgment. Can you imagine the frustration, the anger? And you would think that it would have turned them, turned their hearts to this one who was all-powerful. But instead, they continue in their rebellion. To me, that's the most insane thing of any human being, is when we are told the truth, we are given the truth, and we do exactly the opposite. We dig in our heels and we say, no, God. It doesn't the Bible say the fool is said in his heart, no, God, no, I'm not going to submit to you. Who is this man who will rule over us? We will not have this carpenter rule over us. Isn't that what they said? The Jews who, who held the truth, who held the oracles of God, who gave us the scriptures through the Spirit. No, God. So it's important for us to really know this. This is the best. Know this book, folks. Read it. Get into a reading plan and just read it, devour it as often as you can, and you will find that your heart will be encouraged, even if your understanding is not quite there yet. There's a lot of stuff I read right now that I'm still kind of like, wow. (laughs) It doesn't stop me because the things that are important, those are the things God has made abundantly clear. The things that are really important, God makes abundantly clear. There's always going to be a peripheral issue that you're going to be a little bit gray on, and that's okay because the Spirit of God is keeping you humble, keeping me humble. But know the Word of God. Know the truth so much that you can see the false. A lot of false teachers. It's a narrow way, remember. We are not going to win the world to Christ by combining together and some ecumenical movement. Being unified at the, at the expense of truth and obedience. Don't bother. But if we unite under Christ, and we hold true to everything that's in here, and we don't, we don't cherry-pick the things that we like and we don't like, that's something that we can be unified about. Does that make sense? You know, that, that, is, that is the heart of God for us. Beloved brothers and sisters, seriously, take these things to heart. Put away the things that you're reading, that you're watching, that don't add up to what this says. Remember, just a little bit is all that's necessary. And there are plenty of really great men and women who you can hear that are telling you the truth. And you can verify it in the Bible. Those are the people you want to read. Those are the people you want to hear. But we live in dangerous times. You know that as well as I do. It's so important for us today, tonight, today, every day, to really take it seriously. Let's stand together. Let's pray. Father, we do come before you, and we just thank you for your word, Lord. It is. It's sharp. It's like a a double-edged sword, Lord, able to divide between the bone and the marrow and the soul and the spirit, Lord. How, how do we know where these demarcations are, Lord? It's, it's very clinical. It's very surgical. It's very amazing. Lord, your word is so good, Lord. Write it upon our hearts, Lord. May we be like David in Psalm 119, verse uh, 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, O Lord. 
Lord, may each of us be encouraged this day. Father, have your way with us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in Peter's second epistle. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.